0: and welcome to Second Look. Happy Tuesday. I am your host, Benjamin Green, and this is the show brought to you by the Outset Network. This is the show at the intersection of faith, politics, and life. On this show, we we explore the possibilities of integrating our lives fully, combining faith, politics, and everyday experiences to make an impact on our communities. If you can name it, we can talk about it because it's all part of life. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show today. And first and foremost, I would like to apologize for not having an episode out last week. I just completely spaced. I have no idea what happened. Um, I have no excuses. I'm just... Sorry. <laughs> I ho- hope it didn't impact your week too badly to not hear my my wonderful soothing tones over the airway. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I really try to um, make a commitment to to put one of these out every week and then I go and just completely space out and forget. But at any rate... Enough talking about what didn't happen last week, let's talk about what is happening this week. We are going to be talking today about the State of the Union Address, and what it means for our country, and what it means for your life. So, State of the Union is coming up. It's going to be President Trump's first State of the Union Address, for whatever reason, the clause in the Constitution that says he shall from time to time uh, talk about the State of the Union. I don't I should have looked up the exact wording here, my bad, but but he shall from time to time give a report on the State of the Union and recommend to Congress such measures as he sees fit. Benjamin paraphrase of the. US Constitution. Um, for some reason that has turned into this whole annual affair. Um, that is just crazy, honestly. It, it, it's hoopla and a lot of conservatives reflectively, reflexively dislike the State of the Union because it makes them feel like the presidency is, is too imperial. And I would agree that the presidency is too imperial, but I think the State of the Union as it is now, there are some benefits of doing it this way that sure it could be changed and improved, but that's true for almost everything. So I don't think we should necessarily just scrap it. Um, I think it's good to have it be a big event. I think if it were something that were, you know, like monthly, um, that that would make it a smaller event and still meet the constitutional requirements. But I think it's actually good to have it be a big annual thing, because then more people will will listen to it. Um, I a lot of people are not as in the media bubble as I am. (laughs) In fact, I would venture to say few people are as in the media bubble as I am. The audience of this podcast is small enough that perhaps most of the audience is in that bubble too, but most of our countrymen are not in this media bubble where they track every little piece of political news. So there's that level of the people who track everything. And then there's the next level of people who, uh, you know, read a newspaper or check a news website regularly or watch the evening news broadcast. Um, those those people are more engaged. But then there's these whole swaths of people who hate politics and politicians. Um, they'll go and vote in November but they're not happy about anything, and they don't really tune in. They try to tune out of politics as much as possible. And then, beyond them, there's these whole swaths of people who just don't even think about it. They don't vote, they don't... It it doesn't really even enter their mind all that much. And I think that fourth box of people... Um, I think having this be one big annual event makes it so that some of those people are more likely to tune into it. Some of the people who have no idea what's going on in Washington, D.C. will be watching the State of the Union Address to see what is happening. Um, Because it's interesting and it's big and official. And so I think that's actually a good aspect of it. One thing that is a, a, a very, very silly aspect of it, and I would be so happy to see it done away with, is all the applause games that go into the State of the Union. We we have this whole media enterprise circled around who stood up for applause, and when, and how long, and how many times was the president interrupted for applause, and this is one of the ways we measure if it was a good speech or not. That's just... It's just ridiculous, honestly. It should just be. I... the 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 point should not be, and I understand that in this current climate, everything is politicized and whatnot. But the the point should not primarily be to make applause lines, to to land applause lines. The point of the whole event should be the president looking at our union and saying this is where we are, this is where we need to go. Some of that will be inherently political. You can't completely divorce politics from governing. It's just not really possible. But uh, we can can do the politics in a non-stupid way. (laughs) We could say that don't interrupt the president for applause. Please simply hold your applause till the end. Or even just not count it. If you're in the political media, just don't count it. There, I, I have no doubt that since the media sits there counting all the applause and everything, that changes the way that the men and women of Congress behave. Um and And it changes when they do applaud and that sort of thing. so the 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 applause I could do without the but I think that, again, like I said, the fact that it's such a big event is a net positive. And if having such a big event, then I have to deal with having annoying applause. I can live with that because I think it's a good thing. I know that some people say that the State of the Union should just be like it was at the beginning, just write it down and send it on over to Congress. And I think I think that would be fine. Certainly it'd be constitutionally fine. And and I think that would be fine for things to happen on on a regular basis. But I I do think that there is value in having one big speech. So President Trump. Delivering a State of the Union Address. As I said, I will be watching slash listening to this address. Um, I think by and large, when the President of the United States speaks, we do well to listen. I have a uh, had a professor in college who would say that, and I really liked it, and I agree with it. When the President of the United States speaks, we all do well to listen. I don't think it's good to simply try to ignore what's happening in Washington, D.C., or even to try and never hear one specific person. Um, I know a lot of people who would mute their TV all throughout the Obama administration anytime President Obama was on it. And I know a lot of people who are doing the same thing for President Trump. Some of the same people doing the same thing for President Trump. And, you know, that's their prerogative. But I think that um, it's not necessarily a good thing. And I think that certainly these, these people who make it a habit to intentionally ignore the President of the United States. They have their reasons for doing so, but I think that we can make an exception for the particularly big things. The inaugural address, the state... States of the Union? State of the Unions? Which is it? Let me know. Twitter. At BGreenAZ. The State of the Union addresses, um, and, and... I, I think it's good to make an exception for those and to tune in and listen and see what this person that the American electorate has put in power, what this person has to say. But we have an interesting dynamic this year because we have a different kind of president than we've ever had before. Um, It's not that we haven't had a celebrity president before. Uh. It's not that we've had, uh, that we haven't had a populist kind of president before. But this president, before he was president, was a nationally known name. He had near 100% name recognition. And what he was known for was being a bit of a buffoon with funny hair. He was known for firing people on television or even before that, just for being very rich and brash. And I, I know that um, President Trump has shown that he has media savvy, but the last year in office and the roller coaster that it has been has not shown that he is a particularly competent president. So I think that at this State of the Union address, we're we're going to see him give a, a pretty good speech, um, and I expect it to earn some comments from the media as far as maybe he's finally starting to take this seriously, and I think those people are being Charlie Brown with the football, but I I, I expect it to be a good speech because he does have media-savvy Um, but why would I recommend that you listen to the speech even if I think it's not going to mean that much? And that, I think, is the key of what I want to talk about today. Only took 10 minutes or so to get here, huh? But while you listen to a State of the Union Address... There are a few things happening. Number one, there is a guy that a lot of people have voted for up in the middle of the stage. Number two, there are a lot of other people that a lot of people have voted for sitting there listening to him and being goofy and jumping up for applause or dramatically not jumping up for applause. Um, so we have that at play. But what about in your home as you're watching this on TV or... Perhaps more likely these days streaming it or whatever. What's happening in your home? Well, you are taking time to sit down and watch the active proceedings of the federal government. And it's not necessarily the most interesting thing of all time. You are taking time out of your schedule to devote your attention to the federal government. That is, in my book, a positive. Well, what else might be happening? Well, if you have kids, it gives you the chance to show them what's happening, to talk to them about it, to have a conversation about the federal government and your views about the federal government with your kids that you might not have had another time. And even if you don't have kids, maybe you'll go and post about it on social media or even just talk about it with a friend the next day. You're, you're taking the time to engage your brain. So you're first, you're taking the time to point your attention to Washington, D.C. And second, you're taking the time to engage your brain and potentially engage your conversation with the federal government. Those are both net positives. Well, what else is happening? Well, then, once you have listened to this speech, whether or not you agree with what was said, whether or not you are one of those people jumping up and clapping or not, you are then, you, you have in your mind ideas of what's happening in this country. When you hear President Trump speak, you will hopefully think about it. You will either agree with him or disagree with him. And and that. That um, agreement or disagreement will be there in your mind and you it will come back to your mind as you proceed through the next day or two. You'll probably find yourself thinking about the speech a little bit. This is a good thing because so you've devoted your attention to Washington, D.C., you've devoted some of your conversation uh, to Washington, D.C., and now you're devoting some of your thinking to Washington, D.C., and the direction that you want to see things take there. This is a citizen government, and the more people we get thinking about what's happening in Washington, D.C., the better because the more people who think about that, the more people will get informed about that and the more people will make good choices when they actually go to the ballot box. So, I think it is a positive in your life to watch the speech. But maybe you are someone who says, look, I just can't do it. I cannot sit there for an hour, hour and a half, and listen to the president speak. I want you to examine yourself a little bit about that. Why? Ask yourself why. And don't stop asking yourself why until you get an answer. Why do you feel that you can't listen to the president? And I think that most of this will will boil down to one of two things. Either you are so angry with the president that you're unwilling to listen to what he has to say, or you're so angry with the system that you wish it would just go away. If you have an answer that does not fit in one of those two boxes, let me know. I'd love to hear it. And talk to you about it. Again, my Twitter handle is at BGreenAZ. But I, again, let me just repeat this. I think that if you feel that you cannot bear listening to the speech, it means that you either are so angry with the president you refuse to listen to what he has to say, or you are so angry with the system that you wish it would just go away. And I don't think either one of those two things is a healthy mindset to have. But maybe if you're in one of those boxes, maybe before you listen to the speech, you should work really hard to try and change that mindset. Maybe you should try to find something good the president has done. Or at the very, very least, try to find something he did that was not the absolute worst thing you could have possibly imagined. Something that he did that was less bad than you might have expected it to be. Try to improve your attitude about the president. I am not a fan of our current president at all. I was not a fan of the last president. Um, I, I don't think we all need to support the president by any means, but I do think that the office commands respect, and not just the office, but the fact that lots of people voted for this person, those people deserve our respect too. And by denigrating them, we are doing good to nobody, not even ourselves. So try to improve your attitude of the president, even if it's just a smidgen. And then if you're in that second box, if you are just so mad at the system you wish it would just go away, I have news for you. It's not going to go away. And if it did go away, it would not be a good thing. If the federal government suddenly collapsed, I think we would survive due to um, the vestiges of federalism that we still have in place. We still have 50 functioning state governments. I think we would survive if... um, Something were to happen and the federal government were to collapse. But I don't think that it would be um, anything good. (laughs) I think that it would be chaos and disaster. And even if, let's just say, the federal government were to completely disappear overnight and it would be like as though it were never there, well then your anger at the system would not go away. It would just be redirected at your state government. You would start paying more attention to your state government and it would be ignoring you. So you have to improve your attitude about the system too. This is something that I have come to terms with over the last couple years. Um, As I was more of a libertarian, I was more burn down the system and start over. But the... The system is what it is, and whether we like it or not, it is what we have to deal with. We have to work within that system to make the best possible choices that we can make as voters. And if you're really, really upset about the system, try to come up with some ideas to help fix it. And then try to get in touch with your representative. See if they'll sit down and have a meeting with you and, and talk about it. Or better yet, run for office yourself. If if you're that upset about the system, you clearly um, have some, some notions about what is right and wrong for a government to be doing. And that means you've been devoting some thought to it. So that's great. So share that with others. So. That's in a nutshell, my case for listening for this listening to the State of the Union. So, what does that mean for your life and your community? What does the State of the Union mean? Well, first of all, there is direct what the president says at the State of the Union is going to be taken seriously in Washington, D.C. and in the laws that are passed in Congress. So those laws will have an effect on your community and therefore the State of the Union has a direct impact on your community. But another impact that I think is less visible is that when more people get engaged in politics, you will start to see the effects of that in your community. And some of those effects are good some of them are very, very bad, but some of them are good. I know here in Arizona, we have nonpartisan local elections, um, and I think that the people who are more involved in national politics, who are, who are more aware of it, are also more aware of and involved in our local politics, which are nonpartisan, and the nonpartisan nature helps us to to figure out local solutions without parties getting in the way. Now, make no mistake, there are people who are Republicans and there are people who are Democrats. Um and a lot of that information is publicly available, but I think that if more people would watch The State of the Union and see the ideas that are being floated by the President of the United States to improve things within this union, that maybe more people would be attuned to their local community and things that their local community needs. And I think that that would definitely be a a net positive. I am a firm believer in local politics and local solutions being more important than even state solutions, which are more important than federal solutions. I am a firm believer in the principle of federalism. And I think that in a weird sort of way, the more people pay attention to what's going on at the the top of that federal pyramid the more they will realize that the top of that pyramid would not exist without the bottom of that pyramid, which is our local communities and local solutions. So my homework for you this week is to, to pay attention to what's going on in Washington, to listen to the president of the United States, and then use your thought processes generated by that to help your community solve some of its problems. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. It really means a lot to me that you would take time out of your week to listen to what I have to say. As I said in the intro, my name is Benjamin Green. As I said a couple points in the episode, my Twitter handle is at pgreenaz. Reach out to me. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the show. And if you liked it, I would really appreciate a five-star rating in iTunes that helps this show's audience to grow and, and it really helps us gain exposure. I am also very, very grateful for the Outset Network for hosting this podcast. You can find all of the other Outset podcasts at OutsetMagazine.com slash podcasts. Outset is a place where young conservatives write about write and talk I guess about things that are important to us we believe that a small group of dedicated people really can change the world and we are committed conservatives and libertarians who want to rise above the fray and have productive conversations so check us out at outsetmagazine.com or at outsetnetwork on any of your social media thanks and we'll see you next time